In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, I am going to discuss my top five returning prospects in college basketball for the 2024 NBA Draft. Like most drafts in the past few years, it's going to be dominated by freshmen, and this year is going to be quite a few international players, but the returning players are always forgotten about, so I want to talk about my top five. As of now, I mean, of course, it can change, but as of now, my top five returning players in college basketball. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that's made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. I'm excited because the 2024 draft cycle is upon us. I've mentioned in past episodes, I've already done my research, I've been watching film, and the freshman class is, is pretty good, lacks the star power of maybe the past few years, but I'm intrigued about this class because we don't know who's going number one. At first, I was a little bit down on it. I was trying to figure out, is this gonna be a class that's gonna be able to draw interest from casual draft fans and by this being like my occupation if it's a class that people just aren't generally interested in it can make it can make things a little bit difficult as far as like who's listening to the podcast or watching the videos on youtube but now i've decided you know what don't even worry about that focus on what makes this class so different and what makes it different is we don't know who's going number one. I mean, there's a few guys that that are in the range, but maybe there's like a Brandon Miller, a guy who last year, very few people thought he would be the number two pick. I mean, most people just thought it was a, a lock and, and written in stone that Scoot Henderson was gonna be the number two pick. So I'm looking forward to seeing which freshman or which player emerges as the, the player that comes out of nowhere and jumps into the top three. But I wanna talk about the guys that are returning, the guys that played last year who I think are due for huge breakout seasons. And the first one I wanna talk about, and if you've been listening, you know I'm really, really high on Donovan Klingon. I thought that if he came out last year or, or in this year's draft, I thought he would've been a first round pick. The numbers don't stand out on paper, only played 13 minutes per game, but he averaged seven points, five rebounds, and 1.8 blocks in just 13 minutes. That's like a 14% block percentage. And I'm not a guy that's big on like block percentage and per 40, per 36. I understand why people use them. I don't use them because per 36, who does not look good? Like who doesn't look good? You, you play 36 minutes. But anyway, Donovan Klingon, I think, has a chance to be the first returning prospect selected in a 2024 NBA draft. He's a sophomore from Connecticut, 7'2", 265. He's agile, he moves well. He's just a huge physical interior presence. He can run the floor, has shown decent footwork. He posts up aggressively, may not have like the best touch around the rim, doesn't have your typical modern day NBA skill set for a center, doesn't space the floor, doesn't really shoot jumpers, but he is someone that I think can make a really big impact because he's such a dominant defender. 
he shows some flashes of passing instincts, but I think he'll find a role as a interior presence, a rim protector, a vertical lob threat, a guy that cleans the glass. I mean, he averaged, again, let me tell you this again, he averaged five rebounds per game in 13 minutes. Not Oscar Sheboy status, but I think if he plays 30 minutes per game, he's gonna average 12 or 13 rebounds per game. And then he's also a, a guy that impacts games and he does it in a way that does not always show up in the stat sheet. There's not a statistic that shows how many times the, the ball handler thought about going to the rim and seeing Kling in there and decided to change his course and, and pass out or how many times he altered shots. So I think Donovan Klingen could be the first player from the returning pool selected in the 2024 NBA draft. Now the next player, and I'm higher on him than, than most. I'm really high on Tyrese Proctor. Now Tyrese Proctor should be someone that we're talking about as one of the top freshmen in this class because he reclassified up and he is someone that I feel like people are starting to underrate a little bit. Now, I, I made a, a comment last year, and I actually still stand by it. I thought that Tyrese Proctor had the highest upside out of all the players on Duke's roster last year. Duke's team last year was really talented. The fact that you had two guys selected in the first round is one thing, but they could have, I don't know, maybe as three or four guys selected in the first round this year. But Proctor's the one that stood out to me I like his size at 6'5". I think he's a good athlete, not a great athlete. I think he has really good straight line speed and he can turn rebounds into personal fast breaks. Not like the most vertical athlete. Or, I mean, he's just not gonna stand out and just, it doesn't look like he's exploding off the floor. But I think he's a good enough athlete. Uh, again, the speed is more so straight line. But what I like is that he is a shifty, and creative ball handler like he's got a little wiggle to his game gets to his spots and he is someone that i think shows flashes of being a three level scorer now the numbers also don't look great and that's because he got off to like an absolute terrible start if i'm not mistaken i think he missed i think he shot like five for like 21 in his first few games. I mean, he had some, some tough games where he was like one for seven, 0 for eight, something like that. Got off to an absolutely terrible start and it impacted his numbers. But by the end of the season, I think he dug himself in such a big hole. Let me say this. He dug himself in such a big hole that it was gonna be tough for him to be efficient across the board at the end of the season. But in the last few games of the year, he stood out to me. I think he shot, I want to say like a little bit under 40% from three in the final 14 games, which in college basketball season, that's pretty significant. But if he shot 40% from three in the final 14 games, but finished shooting 32% overall, that gives you a good indication of how deep in the hole he was with, it, with his shooting. But I thought that he got off to a rough start. Like I said, I think he shot, I did the research. 35% from the floor in his first 12 games. That's just 35%, period, in his first 12 games. But again, he finished strong. What I like is that, again, I like the fact that he is creative with the ball. He can get to his spots. 
I think he's going to be a really promising mid-range pull-up shooter. Very comfortable shooting the ball off the dribble. Thought he is a really solid three-point shooter, especially when his feet are set. He is someone that is a good rebounder, and when, when he gets the rebound, that's when he really becomes a threat and transition in the open floor. I love the fact that he has a soft touch finish and floater package. Again, because he's not playing above the rim. He's not you know jumping over guys and i think it's very important if there's like a donovan clinging in, in the paint that you have a soft touch finish or a floater package to be able to finish around those guys and tyrese has that i like him in the pick and roll i think that his game is more suited for the nba where it's more pick and roll heavy and there's more spacing than college basketball because he's he's very advanced on snaking the pick and roll getting the defender behind them and just finding gaps in the defense so i think that that skill set is going to shine more the nba than it will this season but i think with his size at 6'5 he can play on or off the ball i think he should be able to defend multiple positions i like his motor and overall the shooting again it may not look good on paper overall but when you take like a deeper dive into the numbers he shot 38% from the floor off the catch and 45% when left open so his ability to play on the ball and knock down jumpers off the dribble is impressive but if he's playing off the ball he is someone that you compare with a, a dominant ball handler and he can knock down open shots now my concerns are a lot of it had to do with the inefficiency early on. And some of that I chalk up to being young. I think it's really important to, to pay attention how when guys skip a step, when they decide to reclassify up, how much it impacts their game because they're kind of losing a season of development. I thought it really hurt Imani Bates. And I thought even with Gigi Jackson, he showed the flashes, but I thought that if he stays in his regular class, I think he's a surefire first-round pick. Now, Jalen Duran is a guy that also reclassified up, but I think his role is a lot more simplified where it doesn't show as much. So with, with Proctor, when, when you like judge his, his strengths and his weaknesses, it's kind of like if you, divide, if you divide the season in two parts, the first half and the second half, you see that he was a totally different player. I just think like the learning curve was really steep. And not only that, he made the adjustment coming from Australia in the NBA Academy to college basketball. So I think the adjustment was was a little bit difficult in the beginning. But what I would like to see out of him this year is become a better and more efficient finisher around the rim. Obviously, he needs to get stronger. I don't know if his body was was ready as a freshman to, to handle just the grind of, of playing inside the paint. But I think once he gets stronger, he'll be a more efficient finisher. And I would say that he needs to um, maybe improve as a playmaker a little. Oh, I should say this. Improve as a decision maker. I think the vision is there. I think he sees the floor. I think he can find guys. But sometimes his decision making is, is a little off. But despite that, I thought he had a really good assist to turnover ratio, especially in the second half of the year. All right. When we return, I want to talk about Riley Kugel. Now, Riley is someone that I know I'm higher on than the consensus. I was on record as saying last year that I thought he could have snuck into the first round. People may think I'm crazy, but he is someone similar to Tyrese Proctor that when you divide the season in two from 
the first half and the second half, based off of his play in the second half, I thought he was a first round pick. But I want to talk to you about FanDuel. Why FanDuel? Because FanDuel is the number one sports book partner and it is Major League Baseball season and you can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball at FanDuel. You can get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll get $200 in bonus bets win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on everything from the money line to the over to the under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And it's all on an app that is safe and secure and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner for Major League Baseball and locked on. Once again, big shout out to each and every person that has made Locked On NBA Big Boy Podcast your first listen of the day. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about 2024. Now, I have quite a bit of time between now and the start of college basketball. So I'm trying to think of really creative ways to cover all the prospects. So right now, when I did my, my list of players that I had scouting reports on for 2024, it was up to 94 players. Now, that's more than guys that are going to get drafted in possibly two ways. But there's still a bunch of guys that I think could be in the that could be drafted in the first or second round that I haven't really covered yet. So, again, I'm going to have a lot of content. So if you love NBA draft coverage, stay locked in to Locked On NBA Big Board because got you covered. All right. Riley Kugel. Riley is someone, again, like I mentioned, I was higher on him than the consensus. I loved what I saw for him after Colin Castleton went down. It was like once Castleton went down and they gave him the keys, he showed that he is a legitimate NBA prospect. Transferred, well, I think he committed to Mississippi State, ended up going to florida mississippi state you guys missed out you guys missed out on a special prospect now on paper he averaged 10 points three rebounds and one assist per game but he shot 45 percent from the floor 37 percent from three but only 66 percent from the foul line but in his last 10 games he averaged 17 points per game again i'm talking about riley kugel a sophomore wing from florida what I like about Kugel is he has a strong frame, broad shoulders. He is quick, strong, powerful, one of the better athletes in this 2024 draft class. He has a quick first step. He's active. He's a good cutter, a good cutter, I'm sorry. Good cutter, likes to move without the ball. I think that he has upside as a, as a passer, more so as a ball mover than, than playmaker. Even though the assist to turnover ratio was negative, I do think there is some promise as a ball mover, but again, he's an NBA level explosive athlete. He can handle, he can create his own shot off the dribble. I love guys that can create space. Now he is a, a confident scorer, so sometimes the shot selection can be a little wild, but I like that. I think that can be toned down. But again, he can create space with his handle, has a nice step back, um, good motor, and with his shooting ability, 
he is able to put the ball on the floor and attack closeouts. He's a guy that if the defenders close out strong, and once he gets to his launching pad, I mean, he can make some really impressive highlight reel plays above the rim. Again, he can be a vertical lob threat as a, as a wing, someone that you can run backdoor cuts for. He can go up in the air and get it. I really like him. think he is a first-round pick. I've seen some mocks that don't even have him in the first round. Again, I'm higher on Kugel than most, and I think he has really, really, a really high upside as a shot maker. Now, I think that as far as areas I want to see improvement on, he, he does or did have a tendency to play too fast. Would like to see him add a little bit of pace to his game. The outside shooting is, on paper, the numbers were good, but he only shot like 66% from the foul line. So you have to wonder, is it just a small sample size and which is the, the better indicator of his shooting touch? Is it the foul shooting or is it the three-point shooting? Um, the decision-making, we'd like to see that improve. I think that will improve if he adds a little bit more pace to his game. Again, he just showed so much talent in the second half of last year. I just think he needs, it needs to be cultivated a little. Um, has a tendency to drive without a plan. And I think that goes into playing too fast. So there's times where he'll get the ball and he'll drive, and you can just tell like he's not reading the second line of, of, of the defense. And he's just going in there in a crowded lane, misses teammates from time to time. But again, I think that's something that can be fixed with film study. I like the aggression. I really do like the aggression. But again, just adding a little bit more pace and, and, and seeing things. Because like I said, he's a good ball mover, not necessarily a playmaker at this point, and that is you know, evident in the stats because he had more turnovers than assists. I would like to see him become a better rebounder because he has the tools and athleticism to average at least five or six rebounds per game from the wing. I think it's possible, maybe a little nitpicking here. I mean, we just saw Jet Howard go number 11. He averaged three rebounds per game and he's 6'8". And then despite the fact that Riley is an elite level athlete, he wasn't the most efficient at the rim. I think that has to do with shot selection, again, driving in traffic, but I would like to see him add what Tyrese Proctor has, which is some soft touch finishes and craft around the rim. And the difference between the two is that Tyrese is not the athlete, so he's not used to jumping above the rim and making plays, so he had to add touch. While Riley, I mean, you can imagine at the high school level, he was dunking everything around the basket, so I would like to see him add a little bit more touch around the rim. All right, the next player that I want to discuss and talk about is Trayvon Brazil. Trayvon Brazil had the highlight dunk of the 2022-2023 college basketball season, but unfortunately his season was cut short after nine games. But I'll talk about Brazil when we return. All right, last segment, Trayvon Brazil. He was first on my radar around this time last year and I watched some film of him at Missouri, and you could see that he was just extremely raw, but talented. And when I watched John Butler, someone who I thought made an absolute terrible mistake by leaving Florida State early after his freshman year. When I saw John Butler play at the combine and draw some NBA interest, I felt like Brazil could have done the same thing last year. But I, I thought he made a right choice of returning to school as a sophomore. And as a sophomore, he blew up with Arkansas. Again, fortunately, only played nine games. But in those nine games, he averaged 11 points, six rebounds, and 2.2 stocks. 
which is steals and blocks combined for, for those that don't know what stocks is. And at Missouri, in only 21 games as a freshman, he averaged 1.9 blocks per game. So he has potential as a, a rim protector, a little skinny, definitely needs to put on weight. I don't think he weighs 200 pounds. I think he's like 6'11", but I think that he has the skills, the athleticism, is a good shooter. Shot 38% from three. 67% from the foul line, so it's kind of like Kugel. Is it one of those things where the free throw percentage is the, the better indicator of a shooting touch? But I'm really intrigued with the upside and athleticism. Again, I want to see if he's healthy. I want to see if the explosiveness is, is back because it's one of those things where, you know, when you, when you suffer a, an ACL injury, you don't know how long it's going to take to get your bounce and explosiveness back. One name that stands out to me, and I, and I hope it's not the same situation, but Alan Flanagan from Auburn a couple years ago, I thought he was a legitimate NBA prospect. I mean, just a bouncy and explosive athlete, got injured, and he just has not been able to have the same bounce and explosiveness as he had prior to his injury. So I hope that's not the case with Brazil, but I give you a little bit of the scattering report that I have. He's long, he's skilled at 6'10" good athlete he's agile he's fluid has the movements where he moves like a wing and his body improved a lot from his freshman to sophomore years he, he's still thin and when i say skinny and thin i'm talking about skinny enough to hula hoop through a cheerio or do push-ups under the door crack thin that's how thin he was but he's, he's got a little bit strong i think naturally he is going to be thin but i think that he is someone that is going to have a really big breakout junior year again hopefully he is healthy but he is a promising shooter again i showed that i talked about that with the with the three-point percentage plays hard has an active motor runs the floor vertical athlete vertical lob threat rebound he, he's one of these guys that is, is is thin and he's skinny but he's tough he's not afraid to mix it up and get rebounds just has really good timing as far as um, collecting collecting boards and cleaning the glass again he's a good shot blocker interesting is that he has a decent handle like he has some wing skills when i say like wing skills i'm thinking of like a poor poor man's Victor Wimbayama and Chet Holmgren. So he's he's of that mode where he is thin and 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 you know can space the floor, is athletic, but he can put the ball on the floor and, and make some plays on straight line drives. I think that he is a pick and pop threat, and he has good touch around the rim. Once he gets stronger, he'll be a lot more effective. But as far as just finishing around the basket or non-dunk finishes, I should say, he has shown flashes of that. I think he has a huge upside. He could be this rare shot-blocking, pick-and-pop floor spacer. And, I mean, that is extremely valuable in today's NBA, a guy that can rebound, protect the rim, and space the floor. And if he puts it all together, first-round pick. Now the concerns are the shooting consistency needs to bulk up, doesn't have really good feel as, as a passer, still struggles a little bit with playing through contact, which is expected because he's so thin. And he's still a little raw, but the jump he made from a freshman to sophomore is encouraging. If he can make the same type of jump from sophomore to junior, first round pick, maybe even lottery range. All right, the last player that I wanna talk about is someone that was 
very effective as a freshman. It is Kyle Filipowski from Duke. Duke had two players drafted in the first round in the 2023 draft. And Kyle Filipowski was Duke's leading scorer and rebounder. He was their best player last year. Not necessarily their best NBA prospect, but he was their best player. Averaged 15 points, nine rebounds per game. Shot 44% from the floor. Only 28% from three, which is weird because that was supposed to be one of his greatest assets was his outside shooting. Shot 76% from the foul line. Filipowski is a gifted score. He is a gifted score. Uh, very productive. Very productive. I, I do think that there may be some concerns about his foot speed and quickness, which is fair, but we just saw a guy win MVP. And again, I'm not saying Filipowski is Nikola Jokic, but we've seen a guy win MVP and is one of the best players <laughs> really in NBA history. And he lacks ideal foot speed, but he is a tremendous passer and shooter. But Filipowski has good positional size and frame at seven foot. He is a skilled interior presence. He's got some good mobility, but not necessarily like great foot speed, if that makes sense. He can handle the ball for his size. He's a, a guy that can score off the dribble. He can post up. He can put the ball on the floor. Plays with a motor. High energy guy. Active. He cleans the offensive glass. And he's a good passer. He, he's a solid passer and ball mover. I think there's so many ways that, that you can use him. Good finisher around the rim in the high school level. It didn't necessarily fully translate as far as efficiency on the college level. But I thought that Duke had poor spacing last year. And even though I felt like Derek Lively has more shooting range and touch than he showed at Duke, I thought it was just a weird fit to where they had two guys that I feel like should be centers playing together. And I thought that messed up Duke's floor spacing. But now I think he should be he should be fine. Um, he's someone that, again, like I said, is a good rebounder. And with his ball handling and his passing instincts, as a seven-footer, I mean, he's a big seven-footer. He's not a skinny dude. As a seven-footer, he can get the rebound, push the ball up court, and, and make decisions. And he is the rare threat at the five that can dribble, shoot, and, and pass. And if the shooting comes together this year, then he could put together like a really, really impressive stat line for Duke. Again, the concerns, lack of ideal foot speed and quickness. He's not like super bouncy or explosive. Um, his, his post moves or post game around the basket is more bully ball than finesse. And I'd like to see him add a little bit more finesse to it because he has the skill set where he shows, like he, he has some finesse in his game, but some reason that when he gets the ball on the block, he forgets how finesse he can be and goes into bully ball, which obviously worked on the high school level, but didn't necessarily work all the time on the college level. And another concern is just the NBA fit. He's a five, but... Does he protect the rim? But overall, I think he's going to be a really, really good player this season. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. Probably would have been a first-round pick if he stayed in the 2023 draft. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. I gave you my five top returning players. There's a few guys that got left off the list. I know. Um, Judah Mintz is the name that comes to mind. Um, there's a few other guys. I really like Elijah Martin. I really like Elijah Martin. I don't see him on many draft boards, but I think Elijah Martin 
I mean, his team went to the Final Four. I think he's the best player, great athlete. Positional fit is a little weird, but I like Elijah Mar. I mean, there's a few other guys that I left off that I can guarantee you. I will be talking about them in the near future. Maybe next week I'll do another group of my top returners. But anyway, that wraps up this episode. Well, thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And I am out.